World War Covid. From Weapon World to Peace World. Learner, begin. Katari, the cornerstone rejected too. Me, I'm a closet Christian. Here is what I believe. In Matthew 6 and Luke 11, Jesus taught us to closet ourselves alone and transmit the Lord's Prayer to God, the way a World War II, sick, resistance worker would transmit his coded message back to headquarters in London. God parachuted his son into occupied territory to his ultimate betrayal, sacrifice and resurrection, so that he could hand down this perishable code across inconceivable stretches of space-time from his cross to us now. The New Testament does not call for mediation by churches and priests, it does not authorize humans to pray for their needs and demands, that was only for God's Son Jesus to do in the depths of despair. All that remains is you and God, heart to heart in cosmic intimacy of spirit, sharing the precise formula Christ prescribed, nothing more and nothing less. The prayer Jesus commends is short and sweet, it has nothing to do with church catechisms and begging God for personal gain, no matter how much official sanction surrounds those things. Christian doctrine dismisses Christ's words as irrelevant and substitutes needless and perhaps misleading complications. Two thousand years of murder and sacrilege committed in their name confirm our spiritual hollowness. Two alternatives remain for true Christians, either Jesus' teachings are perfect and our interpretation of them is faulty, or current doctrine is perfect and Jesus' teachings are faulty. Otherwise, true Christianity would have become universal on earth by now. Jesus loves everyone, even his clueless disciples, even waste rails of millennia of faith, even you and me, that is his supreme glory. He does not triage acceptable souls, but leaves to each of us the cosmic choice to be accepted. I try to shun the few things Jesus forbids, since his instruction is so easy. I cannot abide mere mortals who preach disobedience to Christ in order to comply with their version of Christianity. Call me a closet Christian. And somebody go fire up the Inquisition, since at least one of those annoying Katars has come awake. I suspect that the consolamentum included detailed instruction on how to go direct to heaven. Two perfecti recited it to deathbed credenteas, in the same way Buddhist monks recite passages of the Tibetan Book of the Dead to those who die in their care, and Egyptians might have, too. In the chapter Burning Libraries, I try to list the 99.999% of human literature destroyed since. I suspect every literate society had archived its own version of the Book of the Dead, lost since. I believe the perfecti taught that Christ offered himself as a reincarnation way station and escape hatch to heaven. In so doing, he gave us God's get out of jail free card, the only practical escape from the will of desire and death. Of course, anyone could graduate to heaven by becoming fully Christ-like this time around. Good luck with that. Could we attempt it after an infinite series of painful reincarnations? Here we are, the graduates of billions and trillions of painful reincarnations, followed by 2,000 years of weapon Christianity. Who would dare think themselves any closer to success? Christ said we could move a mountain if we had but a little faith. Yet no one, not the Pope or his saints or any born-again by word-of-mouth Christian, certified by religious hierarchs just as corrupt as us if not more so, no one can shift so much as a grain of sand in this manner. Not me, not you, not anyone besides perhaps Christ in the history of Christianity. Here below, I make full and free disclosure to you, in strict accordance with my current belief. We may reincarnate into Jesus' life, all of us. I may have found a quiet, hassle-free approach to heaven by reincarnating into Jesus Christ's lifeline the next time I die. When I die this time around, I expect to haunt the dark void that holds every material conception and expiration along with those karma makes somewhat more inviting. Among those, we may pick and choose for the umpteenth time, with karma as croupier.
The problem with karma is that, for all its philosophic wisdom, it is just a perpetual motion vending machine. You insert your soul into the machine like a coin, the machine spits you into your next life, and so on indefinitely. The Buddhists get really cloudy at that stage, as to how it ends. So you could treat karma like an autopilot on the airplane of your soul, set to land you on your next earthly conception, over and over, forever. Then again, you could flip the autopilot to the off position, take over the controls and land where you will, for better or for worse, forget karma. This time around, I intend to let my soul be born again into Jesus' life. I would home my soul in on the cosmic interval between Mary's immaculate conception and Christ's resurrection. Those cosmic beacons would stand out from every other incarnation in the universe, they would illuminate a flare-strobed heavy runway, compared to the heaving darkness of every other conception. Thus I would make his eyes brighter by the slightest margin. This, assuming I have the guts to volunteer for his agony, or perhaps be dispensed from it by his grace. My way through life has seemed to me less arduous than it might have been, touch wood, I've had my share of grief and pain. In any case, I found enough peace and quiet, thank you Linda, to transmit to you the text of learner that may or may not have been downloaded to me in more garbled form. I intend to disentangle myself from the will of life and fly to heaven, as he instructed and promised us, as it would suit the Son of God to treat his worldly playmates. My soul is drawn to Jesus because he is the Savior I was brought up with since infancy with no choice in the matter. Plus he said he was the resurrection and the light. Other people grew up to know other prophets, Mohammed, Buddha, Moses, Mao, take your pick. They and we are all one. Whatever the case, pick your favorite prophet and reincarnate into his or her lifeline. What other life could get closer to heaven than that of your revered prophet relived over and over again until God tires of this game and gathers us all into heaven? I'm surprised how little this epiphany alters what I must say in Learner. Even more surprising will be the grand exploits we may look forward to, once we've acquired grace in this world and the next. At most, these meditations have turned my fortune or misfortune on this material plane into the blinding glare that reflects off Mediterranean wavelets on late sun-dappled afternoons. Transient and irritating at worst, their aching beauty soon to fade. I gave up on free advice to live each day as if it were your first and your last. How hormonally unworkable. I look forward to each day's end now. My mushiest sleeping dream turns out to be more interesting than the most spectacular and moving entertainment I have read or screened. I suspect that the after-death, properly negotiated, could be that much better than life. Good music, good lovin', and a few good friends, plus other experiences, like long-drawn-out laughter, super meals, and just the opportunity to help someone out, those are something else, they make the pain of living bearable. I counsel no one to abandon them prematurely, no matter what fate may befall the soul. It seems obvious that all of us have something important to learn in the here and now. I may have to come back here later and repeat this message. Enough people may not grasp or repeat it often enough this time around. I would rather everyone understood it, locked it into human memory and spared me another of these appalling returns. I or some more stoic successor may have to come back here, we dread returns to this world of unrepentant killer primates, dream this message up again and repeat it as long and often as it takes the inhabitants of this dark realm to preserve it on behalf of those to come, the same individuals reincarnated once again. Comment. Mark Mulligan at Comcast.net